to the Regular Guys Podcast, brought to you by the 65 Athletic, with your host, Zeke Prado, Garrett Rona, Judo Oliva, let's go! Are you going to do your intro after? Yeah, yeah. The one you're oh, like, this is Zeke Prado. <laughs> I'll just come like this, what's up, what's up, what's up? <laughs> hey, what's going on? TV land, we're like, TV land. I'm bringing you in the fourth wall here. Okay, you guys ready? Yes, sir. All right. Let's name this show. Oh, <laughs> hey, what's up? Welcome to the regular guys with your host, Zeke Prado. Judo Leva. Gary Arona. And again, we are the regular guys hanging out at the La Mirada Studios in La Mirada, California. Uh, hanging out. And uh, today we have a little small talk, right? Recap of last week's show. And then uh, talk about some of the upbringing in sports and and then what was happening during that time period, man. We grew up at different times. I think uh, a lot of people uh, really enjoyed that piece. There's a there's a generational gap, you know, and and when it comes to sports and upbringing and all that, how it's all changed. So, pretty cool deal. Evolved. 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 And then and I'll be playing some uh, Mario Kart while all that's happening. So we'll bring it up <laughs> a little bit later. So if you're ready to challenge me in Mario Kart, let's go. Let's go. So. Um, well, yeah, sports, sports this weekend, a lot of good football, right? You guys watched the college football last night, yesterday? No? I missed it, but I saw the highlights. Uh, saw I, I wish Indiana. <laughs> oh, I almost called it. I was calling upset. They just came, they came on late. They came on late. Yeah, then the, the other game um, that's interesting, the team's interesting is Northwestern. Yes, sir. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if it's, you know, because Wisconsin just, you know, is still like out of the gate and still stumbling and finding their quarterback or whatever. But Northwestern is knocking people off left and right. Right. And I mean, you know, they're going to get to the Ohio State. That's going to be for real. But, you know, at that point, sometimes confidence, you know, yeah. keeps you in the game. Sure. You know? Sure. And, you know, they're really opp- opportunistic and they, they play good defense. So they can, they can stymie a good old Ohio State. It might be a fun, a fun game. Yeah, usually, I mean, teams like Wisconsin, you know, you talk about them coming in and trying to find their footing. Usually teams that are predominantly run run heavy like Wisconsin don't have those problems because it's always easy to just turn it. There's a good answer just turning around and being able to hand the ball off and get four to six a pop and, and you know, and lean on that while you're going. But, um, you like you said, uh, Northwestern plays some really good defense. They're really well coached. I think they're just one of those teams that kind of that does everything right and uh, like you said, the confidence, I mean, you get enough confidence, you think you can beat anybody. And, you know, that would be huge going into going into that Ohio State game if, they still, if they're still undefeated and, and, and playing as well as they are. So that would be really, really interesting. Mm. I didn't watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> and Notre Dame's, a team, Notre Dame's a team. You know, I'm not a big Notre Dame fan, but they're a team that continues to put some points up. they got a good quarterback. That Ian Buck, he's, he's a good quarterback. And he, like Mahomes, you know, where he runs one way, throws the other, yeah. finds a way to escape. <laughs> Unorthodox. <laughs> takes, takes the, gets the first down when he needs it. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a pretty good, legit quarterback. So, yeah. you know, I just don't know, you know, Leonard always gets there and then they, they lay an egg, a golden egg, yeah. you know. So I don't know if they're going to they're gonna be able to carry that through. Well, they're a good squad. I saw them a couple weeks ago when they, when they played Clemson in overtime, so. They were they were a good ball club and uh, you know when you when you look at it, Clemson they had uh, you know Trevor Lawrence was out he's been out he was out for two weeks he was supposed to be back this week and everything that, got canceled that game got postponed 
Um, but they got a squad when he's in there. I mean, oh, they, yeah. yeah. They put some points up. Put some points up, so. Yeah. I think they. I mean, even that that game where they did beat Clemson, I don't. I don't think you know. I don't think anything changes with Trevor Lawrence in there though. They just. I thought Notre Dame did a good job of you know. I mean, they took some. They took some heavy punches in that game and and kept and kept their nose in there. They didn't. They didn't falter. I think a lot of that has to do with having that experience at quarterback. I think Ian Book's been. I feel like he's been there six years already. But uh, get an extra year, get one more year. <laughs> you know, out of a seventh year, but <laughs> it's a whole different story. But you know, you could tell that even when they when they took um, when they took some of those punches from uh, Clemson on on their on the, well, they were doing a good job of, of executing. You saw Ian Book still kind of weather the storm and make some plays that that kind of changed the game in that game. So um, there's not. I mean, you can't you can't. Uh, you can't put a price on experience. I know that, um, and it's just like one of those guys. You have a guy like that who's a great leader. You know, it goes a long way. Yeah. That, uh, what about your SC? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, they're three and zero. Oh, like, let's not let's not forget that part. But uh, wait a minute. Yeah, like, <laughs> wait a minute. But they are not playing like. I mean, I grew up an SC fan, so you know, obviously here in LA, the expectations are a lot different. So. You know, I mean, I'm I'm one of those kids that grew up and you know I've seen I've seen a lot of different eras of uh, USC football and uh, you know nothing compares to the Pete Carroll era, obviously. But um, that's I like mean, the John McKay and uh, John Robinson had some pretty good seasons. Yeah, it seems like is he, we got to go with a generational gap that goes outside of John that. Robinson. <laughs> yeah. um, well, you know, I mean, they're 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 uh, they're not they're not playing to their for being honest, they're not playing to their to their potential. I mean. When you got that many, that many number, you know, top five recruiting classes in the country, and you're squeaking by Arizona, and you know Arizona State's a good team, but um, you're still squeaking by them. I think last night was probably the best game they played, and they still didn't look that good. Um, so, and you know, Utah's I feel like is down this year a little bit. Yeah, they're not. Um, well, they had that was their first game. first game as well. Okay. So you you look at those things, and you're like. You know how how good are we really? You know, I mean, I like to see them perform a lot better, but you know, it's coming from a fan, <laughs> coming from from the fans' perspective. Well, do you think uh, uh, their head coach is, is legit or? No, I've been. I, I mean, I thought, and, and again, I think he's a. I think he's a great coach. Um, I seen him on staff staff since like um, when when they had uh, Sarkeesian and and Kiffin. He's been through all the staffs and kind of just been the a, a staple of the program. But I see him more as a, as a sometimes even a coordinator, maybe even a position coach. But when I look at the head, uh, when I look him at head coach, I mean, you still see some of the things that they were doing two years ago that was bad. You know, the the, the penalties, uh, the lack Special of discipline. Teams, yeah. You know, the you, there's something missing. There's something missing. There's not. You don't see the the passion and the fire. And I think, like I said, I've always said, you know, you take the personality of your head coach. Your head coach, uh, you know, isn't passionate and fiery. Your team's probably not gonna be passionate and fiery. If they're not one of those guys that have a chip on their shoulder, you're not gonna have a chip on your shoulder. Yeah, so sure. I've always, I've always, even even being a head coach of a team, I've always prided on myself myself on. I wanted my team to take the identity of who I was. Um, so I think I think there's a little bit lack or, or disconnect there with the with the players. I know they really like him though as a as a as a man and what he's trying to do for them off the field and, and those things. You can you can see that. Um, is why they keep, you know, they keep them on, um, and why he keeps getting those kids to come to school. But um, 
I mean, I don't know. At SC, you know, if you're not winning a national title, nobody's really going to be too happy. Yeah. Top five. <laughs> Top five. Yeah. Speaking of SC, SO, JT Daniels. Oh, yes. Tear it up this weekend. On Georgia? Yeah. I know we're bouncing around a bit in college football. Uh, you know, we can't just talk completely Pac-12. You know, we're going to ACC, SEC, you know, Big Ten, all Power Five. But, yeah, JT Daniels. Yeah, he tore it up. Yeah, 400 yards, 400 yard plus, uh, four touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Excellent job. I think he was over 70% in completions. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, I got, I got the, I got the privilege of uh, seeing him live. Yeah. You know, not just, not just uh, watching him at modern day, but watching him up close when we had some of those, when we got into some of those big passing tournaments at Buena Park. Yeah. You know, I got to mix it up with him, and I was always saying, I mean, I watched him when he was, I think. We played them when he was a sophomore or junior, and he would go up to the line. The coach would give him one call, and he'd walk up there and he'd check everything off. I was like, "Man, that's that's Peyton Manning." Yeah. <laughs> that's Omaha, Omaha. He's up there, you know, checking us off. He's pick, <laughs> picking us apart, and it was like one of those. It was just always impressive to watch him play. And um, you know, I know he had a rough break uh, going into a sophomore year where he, you know, where he tore his ACL. But um, you know, you knew he would bounce back and. Uh, you know, and do some good things. So it's good to see him back is, on the is field. Is he a junior right now? Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, that's I don't know. Are they counting this I year? No, they're not counting this year. So everybody gets a year. Are you kidding? So he yeah. books and have eight years? Right. So, so, <laughs> so DJ Turner, wide receiver of Pitt. Hey, Arthur, you still right? got a eligibility. <laughs> yeah, one more year. Uh, he's talking about it. You know, the wide receiver from Pitt. He said there's nine guys on that team that they could all return for next year. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they're feeling pretty good. So that that's the conversation, right? So when it came out, the guidelines is that everybody's getting a, an additional Oh, I didn't year. know that. I knew, they, I knew they did it for for the spring sports last if, year. Right, So if they're but if they're participating in spring, they're not getting that extra year. Something like that. It, it was some uh, announcement that came out. Uh, Something to look year. into. <laughs> Very, yeah. Get the, the, well, the, yeah, uh, if you want to move up the draft board, if you, that's mm -hmm. what you want to do. Or if you want to graduate and play as a, as a senior grad. Yeah. <laughs> So early on, you know, that was the, the, the big conversation was like, you know, are they going to get an extra year or not? It's going to hurt some of the draft. You know, some, and I think that's the big push is football, right? It's, and then I know some of the schools were saying, you know, those fifth-year seniors that that was going to get an extra year <laughs> that wanted to come back, they were just going to say, well, goodbye. <laughs> you, got, you know, we got a whole class of kids coming up that we need to, you know, they need to be we part need, of the yeah, program. We need, they need to, to play scholarships play, out. And scholarships and so. You know, they'll, they'll say some, some schools will say goodbye to the seniors. Some schools don't have the luxury of doing that, man. I'll say, another year? Absolutely, <laughs> man. And you might get some of those kids where they try, or some of those schools that push guys and then, you know. And they can, transfer. They transfer because they get the extra year, like the graduate year, right? Yeah. They get to come over and, and go help some of those teams, which will bring, I think, parity to all of college football, which I think is cool anyways. Yeah. yeah. You got like a school like Liberty, right, who's making some noise. It's getting some of those kids. It's like Coastal Carolina. Also. Coastal Carolina. <laughs> they've, yeah. they've been on a college game day. Yeah. Hey, you didn't pick us. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden they're winning. Now they're getting picked every yeah. week. If you're ever out in the, in the East Coast, down in Myrtle Beach, you got to stop by the campus. It looks like a uh, Disneyland, man. It's right on the coast. It's right on Coastal the beach. Carolina. Coastal Carolina. you got to drive past and just, just be amazed. I mean, it's lit up. You know, even the parking lot looks like a, uh, you know, like a Disney amphitheater. And um, right on the beach, man. This is it would be a gold mine for any coach. Well, that's like Santa Barbara. Oh yeah. <laughs> I got up in the stands. You can see the water. I'm like, I wasn't even watching you guys play. <laughs> Look, the elbows, the surfers. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, somebody scored. Oh. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, we've seen some cool stadiums. Yeah, you guys have been around, right? You've been out. To, I've been out to Notre Dame. Seen that campus and the stadium. It's been awesome. Uh, I've always I would always visit campuses. You know, been down to UT, down to Texas. When you know Baylor, stopped there. Uh, South Carolina, uh, Georgia Tech. Man, some of those you know stadiums wow. out there on the East Coast. Man, been to a lot. Yeah, I would always try and stop at a, you know just randomly if I was driving cross country somewhere. I, and I, knew find a I was, spot. Yeah, I would just pull up to the school and then uh, go get my own tour. But <laughs> 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 the yeah. car started chasing you. Think, yeah. <laughs> Lucky you were fast. <laughs> trying to think what school. Uh, me and my nephew Michael, we we jumped the fence one day to go play some uh, catch with no I'm football. Sure. With no football, though, we were just out there, you know, playing to throw touchdowns. We we were in the stadium and like a recruiting uh, tour yeah. without the, the coaches involved. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, cool. So yeah, a lot of a lot of cool stadiums out there. I wonder what's gonna happen though, with no fans in the stadiums. You know, it's just like, is it gonna stay like this? Are we gonna, you know, because they they shut it down this weekend. They said no. Yeah. No, we can't have any fans. Spikes going on with all the cases. Yeah, I know. For some of the players, they're like, uh, you know, it's just not the same. Not quite the same experience. You know, when you step into a stadium with a hundred thousand people, and now you're stepping into a stadium with no yeah. one. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> Fake sound. Yeah. Booing to the home team. And then they, they got a limit on how much they can pump the sound in. Right. 75 decibels, so. Yeah, that's that's uh, interesting. A lot of players talk about it. You know, basketball went through it. You know, that was interesting to see basketball like that when you're talking about stadiums. or You know, what, are they going to keep it like that? Are they just, you know, pro teams say, man, it's too expensive to have a stadium. And, or is it worth it to, you know, like keep it going? Well, they're getting, they're getting TV money. <laughs> TV money, right? But, like, the, think about it. All they needed is basketball court, and then they had all that video board behind it. I mean, how much do you need all that stadium? Well, for, for, really for the fans, yeah. For the fans, right? It's the income. But these are the, these are the owners. The owners really care about the fans? When you're going to Dodger Stadium and you're buying a $17 hot dog and, yeah. and a <laughs> but you need, $25... Look at all the revenue they lost because they didn't have those guys buying a $25 hot dog. Because at the end of the day, it's all about the money, right? It's all about the money, man. It's all about the money. $20 to park. <laughs> like, we'd rather keep everybody home and watch it on TV instead of selling them a $25 hot dog. <laughs> I doubt it. it. Yeah, and that's get, all the experience. You get those sneaky dudes like myself, you know Bring our bring our backpack <laughs> and my own hot dog. <laughs> I don't spend money on nothing like that. <laughs> I tell you where there was affordable snacks at. A, it wasn't a stadium, but it was. Uh, it was in Roby Rebel. Yeah, your local Bob Warner football those team. Those nachos are a little overpriced or something. You know? <laughs> yeah, they were too cheesy. Not enough jalapenos. Actually, those there, I know people that that used to. Uh, and maybe uh, you you can attest to this. I know there's people that used to go to Rose go to Rebel Field when they were pra- when the practices yeah. were on just yeah. to have dinner yeah. because in Rosemead, you know, I won't say their names. But <laughs> well, hey, that chili cheese fries, man, you, you can't beat it in comparison to maybe Rick's. That's one of my favorite chili cheese fries places. But a snack bar food, I mean, you just gotta have it. You gotta have it no matter where you're at, right? Absolutely. Uh, but going back to uh, the affordable snacks at an event was the Masters in Augusta, Georgia. You went to that? I went to the, the day before. I didn't go to the actual Masters. <laughs> <laughs> I went, went to the warm-up swings. Went to the second round? The second kids, round? You went to the warm-up? The kids were playing in the tournament is what I saw. <laughs> but you get to see, you know, they're all walking around like, you know, they're getting ready. And they each winner has their own house on the golf course somewhere. 
they have their own like uh, where their family can come stay while they're playing and that's where they stay they stay on on the uh, Augusta golf course um, they have um, like a shop and it's everything has is wrapped in the masters your cup your hot dogs your and it's like a dollar or two dollars so you can go in there and just load up on snacks for, yeah, you would think that you know it'd be expensive no, everything really outside of the Masters is, is expensive. The hotel, <laughs> the hotel, parking, parking, yeah. Don, John Daly autographs, expensive, <laughs> man. You know? Yeah, the whole place is just like, oh, you know, there's tons of money going there. So it's all about the money, man. Going back to the money. Absolutely. Going back to the money. So, Absolutely. Uh, but speaking of food. Oh, my favorite chili cheese fries is Tops. Oh, Tops in Pasadena. Actually, you're the, I think you were the first one I ever introduced us to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that combination. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, when I was uh, uh, my first year at Pasadena, I was the gopher because I was the youngest coach on staff. And uh, so they, I'd get the lunch menu, right? And, you know, uh, my head coach, Dennis Gossard, and, and uh, uh, Chuck Lyon, you know, they'd all, I'd have to get, take the food list. And so we had these two linemen that were our line coaches from UNLV. They both blocked for Icky Woods. They hated them. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah, he wouldn't practice. He's always in the training room, and then, and then you know, Saturday night he'd play. Get get all the have the reporters talking to him after, and all the all the line. Everyone hated him. <laughs> you know, he he wasn't a player. He wasn't was my team. guy. Icky was my guy. Yeah, I'm <laughs> <laughs> no. You couldn't tackle him. Tech Mobile. No. Yeah. It wasn't Tech Mobile. What was no, it? Tech Mobile. Bo Jackson was everyone's <laughs> guy. <laughs> that was my guy. Um, Icky, yeah, Icky. Yeah, so these two these two guys were just out of UNLV. Um, one of them played at PCC for Goss, and he came back, and he brought – so they were garden tackles. And so I got a list uh, one day to go buy food, and I said, yeah, you're going to Tops. And so both of them said they wanted two, you know, chili cheese fries in the box. You know, I had never been to Tops. I didn't know what it was, right? Mm. So they were telling me they wanted two each. I brought one on one, and I almost got killed. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, mess up a big man's order. Kind of shortchange of alignment. I came back, you know, and I'm looking at all this food, and I, you know, I, I put it on the table, and everyone grabs their stuff, and so the two linemen grab the, they get one box each. One of them grabbed two. The other one's looking around, and, you know, they're like bears. Right? It's like, you know, where's my, where's my two boxes? And I said. I got two boxes. They said, no, get your, get your butt back over there. Go get me two more. I had to go back and grab two more. So they split two. I came back. I swear, I, I, I came back. I just started opening my sandwich and started to eat. Right? I look around, and they were done with the second box. <laughs> I, I saw the three, I think it was three scoops. And it's like a whole box of food. They were, they were a, a tremendous. <laughs> tops? I got to try Tops. I don't know if I've been to tops i think you have i'll tell you the times well, i've been there the far back we gotta yes, go the hat the hat the hats, cheese fries with the strawberry on top, on top? That's, oh my god that's a game changer it's also it's also an artery clogger but if i'm going out Hard i'm going far away so you can yeah, walk but i'm going if i'm going out i'm going out with one of, the, one of those <laughs> we're supposed to be health guys we're supposed to be <laughs> but, Art, what's your favorite chili cheese fries art either rebel field or don't sleep cars? on them, right? Yeah, they're, they're my favorite. I'm telling you, man. Yeah, something about them. Rick's, right? You had, yeah, a, Rick's you had a, a, a milk bottle when you were a kid, and then you had chili cheese fries. When you were, <laughs> you try to make your after practice school. run all there to get chili yeah. cheese fries, but they're gone every time. Yeah. Rick's on Garvey. That's another place. Yeah. They have the chili, but it's like a red chili. Yeah. Like right. Tommy's, like the runny one. No, not. No, Tommy's a little darker, a little bit spicier. But this is like. Uh, hmm. 
it's almost like chorizo grease they yeah. got in there or Ooh. something. It's man, I haven't. Probably is lard. Probably is. It's fantastic. I've eaten that Rick's, but I've never had the chili cheese fries. Yeah. Had them from Jim's. Yeah, 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 that's all right. (laughs) Depends which one, because you know they're classified. You guys know this from (laughs) being one. There's a clean one, right? Which is on Valley. There's a clean one. There's a a dirty one, right? Which is right by Garvey. Garvey Intermediate, and then the dirtiest gyms is the one by you. Yeah, and that one seems to be the the one everyone likes the most. That used to be run by Armando. Mr. Jan and Armando, man, those guys used to run it uh, <laughs> right there, the burger place in, in, uh, in <laughs> But we used to go uh, to the one in, in Valley, on Valley, because of the zucchini fries. Yeah. Yeah, but also because they were on Wonder Years, remember when they... Oh, yeah, they, 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 they filmed gyms. it there? Yeah, they filmed gyms at that, or uh, Wonder Years at the gym. Yeah, that that's one of our coach. Winnie Cooper. Winnie Cooper. <laughs> our coach oh, was... <laughs> I'm trying to think of the coach that was in. He said he was in a couple, couple of scenes, and uh, well, in that, in that yeah, so a couple of students from Rosemead, they were a part of that scene, the gym scene. Well, I don't know if anyone knew this, but we were in a movie, remember? Oh yeah, we were. Oh yes, and I saw My it. Father's they, love. Or what was so it? We shot the pilot. We shot I know, the pilot. but where'd you see it? At? I never saw it. No, no, no. no. <laughs> so we shot the pilot. Is what happened, right? It was for the American Family with Edward James Almost. They shot. We were the pilot that they sold as the show. So what, the actual, people saw it. Right. So the actual episode was a female football player. What? Yeah. So he had daughters, and so remember the guy that 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 we were smacking on the head. We <laughs> jumped. <him. laughs> you guys heard him, man. You guys, you guys hey. know what Mexicans were all about. How many times did we? How many times we did that scene like that fourteen scene? times? <laughs> the run back. Yeah, the run back. Right? Everyone diving said, no, I don't think it looks so easy. Right. Then we start blowing each other up. Right. No, that's too hard. You were clipping people. Yeah. <laughs> we were all over the man, place. There was flag. We must have shot that about ten times, man. And every time it was like we had the same guys just running and colliding. It was a it was a pilot that we shot for American Family. And um, when I when I ended up seeing it, like I said, it was the girl, it was the female. So they had switched to all of the characters and everything. But remember, it was, you know, just the pilot. They were they put it together so they can sell the show. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, they paid the school ten grand. I never saw the money for football. What? <laughs> <laughs> that could have been. Yeah, yeah I could yeah. count a number of things that yeah. school needed. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> ten grand. Oh no, it was made out to San Gabriel High School, <laughs> not the football. Yeah, not team. the football. But what? My gosh, I never they're, signed a waiver. They're all <laughs> Extra. We got kicked out of practice when they were in the graduation scene, remember? Now, now that was good experience for me because, you know, later on I was in, you know, Batman versus Superman. You were in Batman versus Superman? No way. Yeah. I was like the backup to the backup scene. What? I was in a... I was in a the backup to the backup? See, a lot of people don't know this, but my quarterback at Maranatha... Uh, oh, um, I know this. Yeah. yeah, Eli Snyder. His dad is Zack Snyder, the mega producer that, oh, really? uh, that did that. So, um... He actually, they, it's crazy how this whole thing turned out. I don't even know if the scene was supposed to be, like, in the regular production of the movie. But we had, um, when I took floor. over, when I took over the job at, at Maranatha, um, you know, I got, I be, obviously I was the OC as well and the quarterback coach. So I kind of bit, I developed a really good bond with, with Eli and, um, his one day he's like hey he's like hey, coach my my dad wants to speak with you and i'm like you know what's going on he's like hi 
my dad's really not around too much because he's always working. And he's all, but he has time coming in these next couple of weeks. Um, you think you're okay with me with us? Yeah, sure. You know, I don't, I didn't know who his dad was. And, uh, right before his dad, his dad called me, um, two days before he met with me and, and scheduled the meeting and <laughs> he told me who he was, and, but he didn't say, you know, I'm mega producer Zack Snyder. He yeah. just said, you know, I'm Eli's father, Zack Snyder. And I, you know, me, I'm not, okay. I came from a different <laughs> world, so I'm not used to like big Hollywood. names like that. So. Um, when he showed up, you know, when he showed up to the meeting, he had, he actually, um, he came in with the, he was, he was in between like going to work and going back and doing those things, but he found time for us. So when he came, he came in and, um, was asking me if there was anything he can do for the program. And when he came in, I noticed he came in with a, a group of people and I know who they were. They sat down kind of in the back, but they had like, um, they had uh, their little notebooks out and they were writing stuff down. I guess it was assistant and things like that. So when I'm talking to him, we're having this conversation and he told me, you know, I do. He, he didn't really want to tell. He's a humble man, which was awesome to meet um, somebody so successful and so so humble. He really didn't want to tell me who he was, um, but it, it, had, it came up because he had to tell me he was leaving for work. And this is when this could happen. And I'm super busy because I'm shooting movies. And then when he said that's all oh, really what movies do you? What movies have you done? Because I'm not a big, you know, I'm not a big, like, look at movie like, producer. Really, and then he said, he said, you know, I mean, you might have heard of them. He's like, I, I did the movie 300. I was like, wait, what? The Spartans? And he's like, and he's like, yeah, you, you, you watched it. I said, man, that's like my favorite movie. And he's like, oh, that's awesome. So, you know, I've done that one. Uh, you know, I, I, I've done Watchmen. I've done uh, um, uh, Man of Steel. Um, so he's a big Comic-Con guy, right? So he, do, he does all these movies. And one of the things, when he told me that, I'm like, so I'm sitting back blown away. I'm blown away by his, uh, by his thing. I'm blown away by, his, uh, by what he does and what he's done in his life. That I'm not even thinking about anything else, but like, wow, I'm meeting this, this famous movie producer. And he's like, so, you know, I got some money I can, I can help, you know, help the program out with. And I was like, wow. So I said, well, you know, I would really like to, you know, I'd really like to be one of those teams that had chrome helmets. You know, <laughs> at the time, I think uh, they were just unveiled in the Rose Bowl by uh, Oregon. So I was asking for chrome helmets. And as soon as I said that, he, uh, he looks at his, his assistant and he's like, write that down. She starts writing everything down. And he's like, well, you know what I think we could do? He's like, I could, I could uh, he's, I'm in the production right now of, of shooting Batman versus Superman. And I was like, oh, wow, I, I knew they were coming up with that. I didn't know that it was you. <laughs> and he's like, so, so I, I'm thinking uh, we could probably put a football scene in there where, you know, we use, you know, Metropolis versus Gotham City. So you can see his head racing. And he's telling me that, you know, we'll use the Maranatha logo as Metropolis logo. And we could just do something like that. He's all, you know what, let's meet again. In two weeks, this is in the summer. We'll meet again in two weeks, and um, I'll have my my costume designer come up with something. And I'm like, wow, okay. So it looks like chrome helmets are a go. <laughs> and it comes back two weeks later, and they came in. I kid you not. It was myself, the AD, um, our two ADs at Marinatha. We sat down. I invited him to the meeting. Um, he came in with his, you know, award-winning uh, costume designer. You know his people and all kinds of stuff, and he comes in and uh, they had a whole like like the storyboard of what it would look like, how how it was going. He also brought in uh, his uh, his uh, 
production guy to show me um, the video we were trying to do because we were trying to do a, a promo video on our program. So he was talking about how they wanted to do all that stuff, and he showed us he showed us a uniform, and you know, it was an all Nike uniform, all Nike uniform because we were at Nike school at the time, and it was like from head to toe Nike, the chrome helmets. I was like, I'm sold. I mean, it's you give me anything, I'm I'm happy. But that you're gonna give us that, and he's like, Well, I'm still in talks with Nike. Da-da-da. Long story short, we end up getting Under Armour because Nike didn't want to do Home and Away, and that's what he he demanded to be in his film. So we ended up going with Under Armour, and yeah, he ended up uh, using that, using those uniforms for, for the scene in Batman versus Superman. So you got a whole little way uniform and chrome helmets. Chrome helmets, <laughs> cleats, wristbands, gloves, scullies. I mean everything Under Armour. I mean girdles, things that we didn't even need, and it just he supplied a hundred kids, and I only had I think, sixty kids in the program, wow. so we had extra stuff, and then. Um, when they shot that, they actually shot that um, scene at East East LA Community College, at halftime between Elac and I forgot who were they were playing, but we had played on a Saturday morning. Um, you know, you do that sometimes at Christian private schools. Yeah. So we we played at we played in the morning, and uh, we got to go watch. It was Alex uh, Villalobos who had played for me was playing at East LA, so I was going to the game anyways. And his dad was like, hey, you're going to be at the game tonight. You're going to be at your, uh, your guy's game tonight again. He's like, we're shooting, obviously, at halftime. So at halftime, I'm going to find you. You're going to come down. And you're going to be part of, the, part of the scene. And I was like, part of the scene? Like, what am I doing? So I was a random coach on the sideline. <laughs> so they throw a touchdown, and we were supposed to get all excited. Hey, you know, football guys, right? We're, you yeah. know, we're critiquing we're, we're everything. We're doing this. We're doing yeah, this. We're, we're, we're critiquing <laughs> everything. So it's myself and his son, Eli, who was my quarterback. And they shot just like that scene that's why i'm laughing is that scene we shot 10 times they were shooting it multiple times because the guy kept dropping the touchdown pass <laughs> but they kept telling us like no matter what happens cheer. you need to cheer and be happy but me and eli, me and eli kept messing the scene up because the guy's running a he running a post corner that guy drops a dime with uh clarkson's son um anton anton used to coach at the ones here I believe so, and he he's like the he's a private coach now, Anton Clarkson, who is actually Eli's coach. He's a quarterback in the scene, and he's dropping dimes. The guy keeps dropping it. Me and Eli are like, "Let's go! Come on! What are you doing? Catch the ball!" You know, and they're like, "Cut!" We need Eli and uh, Coach O to cheer. We're like, "Oh man, it's us again!" So you guys are actually watching the play. Yeah, you know. So we end up we end up shooting that scene like you know easily eight times, and then. Then I'm like thinking it's gonna be this major like scene in the movie, and then it's like if you ever seen Batman versus Superman, it's like when the boss is yelling at um, Clark Kent about not covering the game. He's yelling at him about not covering the game because he wants to cover the Batman Superman beef, right? And they're talking to him. They're talking to him. There's a TV in the background. And that's what it's on. And that's where it's on that little scene. <laughs> so, so I gotta, I gotta pause. The yeah, you have to pause like and rewind it, and then you still might see me. Might not see me because it just flashes quick and you just see people cheering, but I'm like random coach number five, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> all that. All that. Hey, at least you got on. Yeah. <laughs> that blockbuster. Yeah. <laughs> I was asking him if he needed headshots after that, but it didn't work out. My agent will be in contact with you. <laughs> did you have representation? I did not. <laughs> I was my own representation. Uh, where's your sad card? <laughs> yeah. Man, in small talk, how do we get there? We were just supposed to be talking about food. We were talking about movies. We started with food. Yeah, started with food. I'm going to bring it back to food because I had some excellent tacos down in Oceanside. 
a place called Sancho's. Sancho. You ever been there? Sounds shady. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, said, like you got to go further south to get really good tacos. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking, man, I'm not too far from TJ, man. I can go down and get some tacos from, you know, TJ and you get closer. But right there, it was good. Nice. And they have this whole, like, ambiance, you know, when you step into the building, is like they take your order out of an old V-Dub bug that's actually inside of the restaurant. Oh wow! And, uh, in Oceanside. In Oceanside, yeah. It's like it's right on Main Street, um, and uh, you have yeah, to wear a mask. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's like not what I was eating though. They were pretty yeah. good about it. Yeah. They didn't come <laughs> over. You know when they said when you're not eating, put your mask on. No, no, they were they were okay with it. Do you Mexican drink a Mexican Coke with that? Or? I had cerveza. <laughs> Mexican cerveza. I had, I had, yeah, I had some Dos Equis. It was good. <laughs> I met with a buddy of mine, he's, he's uh, uh, at Camp Pendleton, he's about two months from retiring, right? 25 years in. In the Marine Corps? Marine wow. Corps. Wow. Yeah. Good So, yeah, he's, he was just able to get away for a bit, and uh, we're just hanging out, chopping it up. But, uh, you know, him, is Bobby too is his name, from uh, Monroe, Louisiana, and I played football with his brother, Osaro, and so... From Louisiana? From Louisiana. So that's how we know each other. Me and O went to school with Dakota Wesleyan in South Dakota. Anyhow, so we became friends. And then, uh, yeah, he let me know that he was out here. He's stationed here for, he was here for six months, like in the last part of his retirement. And so I've been meaning to get on out there. Oh, so you yeah. didn't go for the quarterback coach yesterday? Both. Uh, you know, I always try to do that, man. If I can, you know, get another meeting in or connect with somebody. Uh, I'm a multitask. Uh, yeah. On the multitask. <laughs> yeah. Like if I can do that, then I'm gonna do that. If I'm, you know, if I'm going to Vegas, then yeah, I'm going yeah, to Vegas. Four stop. Barstool, needles, Vegas, <laughs> and Hoover Dam. You know, gotta stop and say hi, right? Or grab the local food, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just it's all part of it, right? It's all part. Of it. But I did go out there, or for the purpose of uh, uh, watching uh, Danny Hernandez train uh, some quarterbacks in Oceanside. Uh, in Oceanside, yeah, some private training. Yeah, are, they, are they from that area? Or are they from, sure, from all over, man? There's kids so from, from SoCal. There's High Desert kids are coming out. A um, uh, couple kids from like that Capistrano area were out there, but uh, you know it's just like uh, you get all these Valley coaches, right? Danny's from Pico Rivera. You know I'm out there checking it out. Yeah, what's his name? Steve uh, uh, Barone. Barone. Steve Barone. He's like. Uh, uh, Independent filmer, um, he does a lot of uh, highlight videos for like Beach Report. Yeah, yeah, he he, uh, he was so a he'll take, he's he'll a take kids' films and make it look yeah. decent. Yeah, so he'll but he's a you know he's a guy from Rosemead area. Damn, these Rosemead guys um, so like, got long reaches, huh? Yeah, so like you know they just <laughs> they keep going, man, across the <laughs> so, country. Um, yeah, and these kid, you know quarterbacks are coming from all over to train, and uh, with Danny and I was just checking it out, you know, kind of seeing what's happening, what's new. You know, what are the kids doing? What are they learning? What do they want to know? You know, like, and, uh, you know, that's what it's about, I guess. So, well, did you, we get started. Did you talk to him about the school I want to put together, the receiver school? Mm -hmm. said, you know, everyone has quarterback camps and quarterback. Uh, yeah. I want to put a receiver school together. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, like, quarterback's got to throw to somebody. And the more, the more you can throw to that can catch, you know, yeah. the better off the quarterback's going to be. Right. And I, <laughs> I think there's more receivers than there are quarterbacks. Yeah. Very <laughs> right? True. Yeah, but the 10 on the team, 8 on the team, you know, and then, you know, four start, maybe five. All right. 
And if my we, offense, you get eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can practice now. Yeah, We're almost yeah, tired, yeah. you know, between reps. <laughs> the shin splints go away, you know. As soon as all this pandemic is over, we'll get it started, get it going. But it's just so hard with no available space unless you get your own patch of grass at home. Get your pat, got a pat of grass? No. It's not enough over there, no. coach. And it's dying already. <laughs> it's dying already. I'm getting in trouble. Hey, we'll just put um, artificial turf out there. It's you never have to water out. it. You're drought resistant. <laughs> I'd like to put it out here in the front. But Diana would fire me. <laughs> Try to make this as as athletic as possible, so we get more things accomplished here. But. You know, you got to compromise with your wife. No, no, it's right. not a compromise. You're right. Yeah, you, said it, you said it the other day. You know, I didn't want to say it because she was kind of lingering around. But. Can you get a batting cage back there? From a side? We have one back here in the in the grass area. But when moving past, he, he played, uh, what is it, the machine pitch. He was a machine pitch the last two years. So we had the machine back here and a little net set up for him. I mean, I before it was like he would just – Make contact and always hit in the, in in the area it was nice and it wasn't until uh, second year which was last year I started getting a little power on him and uh, yeah he hit yeah hit hit the neighbors windows a couple of times and I'm lucky my neighbor's all about sports so he's like hey good hit Messiah from <laughs> next door throwing the balls back and stuff thank you Tom we appreciate you um, but you know we're definitely that's something. Uh, he, he's such he's so into baseball now that you know he started looking at like different things and trying to find different areas to try to try to get like a cage or something uh, something portable. I looked into they weren't so darn expensive. I was looking into one of those inflatable ones. I don't know if you've ever seen them. They they're selling them now. They're inflatable, inflatable with little nets on the side. It's like a little cage within it and take the air out and put it away. You know, build it back yeah. up the next day. But I haven't seen them. Yeah. They're pretty cool, um, but you know, we try to just, just kind of uh, going with whatever my son's into, and, and and try to try to try to provide what's best for for him and what he needs to keep succeeding. So, yeah. things well, to look into. Yeah, well, <laughs> that that leads us into our next segment here. Uh, we're just gonna bypass the recap of last week's video and get right into upbringing, because uh, when you talk about that, man, you talk about upbringing and and what. You were learning when it comes to baseball, and what was that like? You know, if it was Sandlot to what your kid's going through now, where you got all the bells and whistles, all the apparatuses, bands, bats that bats that record your swings, right? And your launch or your, your velocity off the bat and all that. <laughs> right. And, That's uh, intense. Yeah, when we were playing, you know, T-ball and, you know, we'd always have that T that they would have to tape at the top because <laughs> we, we would bust it up. Right, so that that upbringing uh, and even with baseball, and for us, we you know back our baseball switched, you know at San Gabriel because yeah we had a good program, but then they brought a new group of coaches that just elevated baseball right to a whole different level. Yeah, because the the Guzman was a professional baseball player, right, and Stan and Lloyd and all those guys they had they had played college baseball. So that you know, they had you had that part of it, but then you had a new generation of baseball coaches, right? Which is uh, Wallace Gonzalez played for the Braves, and then his staff, you know, and they, they taught us like baseball was here. You know, we weren't playing. Uh, we weren't playing. <laughs> Where you're talking about uh, 
playing ice cream bowl. Yeah. <laughs> we used to play reverse baseball. We used to play like uh, backwards baseball, uh, where if you're right-handed, you had to bat left-handed, and then uh, first base was third base, and third, we would play those games. If you're right, you had to be a lefty? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we would play those games, but when, when the, the new staff got there, they're like, no, nah, we're practicing. Yeah. You're hitting the tires. Yeah. You know, you're taking 100 hacks. Your yeah. hands are going to be bleeding. You better go get some work gloves. <laughs> I remember guys used to show up to batting practice with, with, um, with gar- gardening, yeah. <laughs> gardening gloves to, to take hacks, man. And they had those posts and tires that they set up, they cut in half. You know, we would just swing and just swing and hit through it as many times as possible and then rotate in the cage. And then it's just like, you know, just a machine of baseball, which elevated our game. You know, we go from playing the playoff to being a 22-1 and one baseball team, you know, at one point, or 21-1, and one, I forgot what it was. That's still lost, a lot of wins. <laughs> we lost in the first round of the playoffs to St. John. Yeah, you're playing some dudes, though. Yeah. Yeah, I remember playing center field and seeing, I think it was like second or third inning. Their cleanup had taken John Grable, a major league pitcher, a major league pitcher that played for the Pirates for what, like 12, 13 years, man. He had a long career. Yeah, he. I remember he's a lefty. And just washing that ball. It went into the wash. I stopped chasing it, man. I just right off the bat, it, and I just watched it go. That was it. That was, it wasn't one of those things where, man, I might make a play at the fence. Now this was out. <laughs> the minute they took the bat. Yeah, this was out. That was a different league, man. It's a different type of baseball. Because we had been playing, I don't know, a low division. We weren't. But we, we that year we played uh, Division One. That's the baseball. division you were in in the playoffs? For the playoffs, yeah. I, guess, yeah, yeah. I swear to God, man. I'd have taken little old St. Gabriel and the D1. Yeah, Come we should have stayed in six or seven yeah. and played yeah, Port Winnie right again. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ring. Yeah, well, we had a lot of good ball players on yeah, that, did. that squad, right? Uh, Edgar Varela, he's the hitting coach for the Minnesota Twins right now. Oh, really? Yeah, so he played with the Tigers. He got drafted and then went to L.A. City to play baseball. And, yeah, and then he got into the organization, got into coaching. Uh, who else was on that? Yeah, the big guy. Big uh, Willie. The guy used to put Charlie, him into the... Charlie used to put into the wash. Yeah, sometimes onto the heel of the, of the golf <laughs> course. The golf course on the other side? Yeah. You'd get a backspin and put it in yeah, the... Yeah, that was pretty the, impressive. The 14th, uh, yeah, 14th That green. was pretty impressive. That's when I think I was watching... Uh, this is after I decided, you know, I was just going to focus on football and basketball. And, um, I remember as, as new guys would come in, yeah. I remember watching batting practice one day, waiting for waiting for the bus to come pick us up. I was like, you know, I'm I'm gonna stay I'm gonna stay here watch some batting practice. I mean, they were having like damn near a home run derby. So when I realized, uh, yeah, the guys, the times have changed here at San Gabriel with the guys while we were getting in and playing. Um, I was watching those guys hitting into the wash. Guys like I've never seen anybody hit with Wallace until I seen those kids come in. And they were hitting them into the baseball, st- I mean the football stadium, alongside Wallace. So I was just like, "Wow, man, we're pretty talented yeah. here." Yeah, yeah. And all that changed, right? So baseball changed. So was it like that growing up? And I'm, I'm not putting the coach out here. I'm the old we one. Just, I get we it. know he's a generational. He's a generational <laughs> cat. Let's be honest. So, like, what, what was it like? Are we showing no, up? Baseball. The old Babe Ruth baseball no, club. And- no. <laughs> baseball growing up for me was like, you know, little league was like. Like every season, that's what you did, you know? And it wasn't like specialized like nowadays. You know, guys have their own private coaches, they have their own, you know, backyard, you know, batting cages with, you know, machines and, and soft toss and, 
and all that stuff. It was nothing like that. I mean, it'd be it'd be baseball season, so little league would come around, and we'd have the little league season, right? So the little league was over. You know, football would roll around in the summer, then we'd go to football. Then football was over, we'd go to basketball. You know, and it would just rotate. And soccer wasn't around. Um, girls softball was just starting. I mean, when I played the '70s, I don't even think there was that many girls softball leagues. You know, it was little league. And if a girl tried to play Little League, everybody would throw at her head and then she'd quit. So, <laughs> sorry. <Yeah. laughs> but that's the way it was. It is nothing like it is today. I mean, it was like, it wasn't like you were talking about, you know, kids, you know, um, uh, getting drafted out of high school. You know, it was, it's, it was, you know, but the internet with everything that's going on, with, with how you, all the information is out there, I mean, there was none of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, was, it was like, you know, you were lucky if you if somebody discovered you if you were pretty good, you know. It's like you were lucky. There was a lot of good kids that, that came out of the high school I played at. I mean, that's what John Glenn High School was known for was baseball. They were a baseball school. We weren't a football school, I'll tell you that much. We went three games a year there. But but baseball-wise, uh, that's what that's what people yeah. did. And, and you know, um, we, had, we had some major leaguers come back and coach us that played, you know, minor league baseball. And that's where I learned baseball from was from the next a minor league catcher. He was good. Nick Klistoff. And he was he was one of the best coaches I ever had in baseball. I mean he was really good. Not the level that Wallace was at, you know, but but this was the, the seventies, you know. Yeah. I graduated in nineteen seventy nine. So, you know, going through high school, like I started like, you know, uh, 75, 76, 78, 79. Um and you know, people were still using wood bats, aluminum's, you know, there was no pop like there is now. <laughs> yeah. The aluminum bat sometimes hurt more than a wood, so you would use a wood. I mean, it was, it was, it was not like the game it is today. <laughs> <laughs> the throwing motions change. I look at all that old, like old videos. I was watching a Babe Ruth video, and, you know, they're talking about how terrible of a hitter he actually was, you know, um, yeah, he had the most home runs, and he, but it, he said <laughs> he had the worst swing. His feet were together, and he would kind of like slap the ball. <laughs> they showed video. I was like, man, that's amazing. But they were also weren't throwing ninety miles per hour. True, you know. Yeah, and that one pitcher, he, he, you know, he pitched fourteen innings at the game. It was fourteen. <laughs> yeah. He'd still be in. Double hitter. <laughs> yeah, I got this. I got two today. <laughs> Give me a couple more beers between games. <laughs> yep, beers and see there be smoking cigarettes. Yeah, cigar. Late. <laughs> yeah, they weren't athletes. <laughs> yeah, that stuff. That stuff. Like, it's interesting to just see all of that and like how it's obviously changed. Well, do you want to hear? You want to hear something? Yeah. That you guys probably had no clue. I played with my freshman year. We had suspension helmets, no air, no bladders. <laughs> you know those old helmets yeah. that had that? They had like a yeah. leather thing inside of a of a strap. It looks like a jock strap, and it came to a little, came to like a little. Um, it was like yeah. six fingers, right? And there was a little um, rope on the top of it, yeah. and there was a piece of plastic that they would tie in there. Or a piece of rubber, right? And then the thing went around your head, and it was one of those where you put it on there, like it it went on. You're like, okay, that's perfect. That fits, you know, because it wasn't moving around, right? <laughs> and there was no bladder, no air, no cushion. Right. We only had the cushions here. And when you would hit, your ears would ring. I mean, because it was like, think about it. It was like a, a, a <laughs> web of ropes. And then a helmet on top of it, a plastic helmet on top of it, and two rubber pieces on your ear pads. And that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I broke 
two helmets my freshman year because they were so old. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure they're 1950s, right? They were so old that when I hit the the ropes in there broke, and so they they had to get me. You know, like my third helmet, and the third one was too tight, and I always had like all these pimples and stuff right here from that leather thing that would come on you like this. It was just terrible, terrible. And then my sophomore year, we got bikes. They threw all the suspension helmets away. We got bike. Um, um, Air helmets? Yeah. That was the first year of air helmets, right? So think about, you know, like, um, think of like the FDA or whatever doing the, uh, the test or whatever, right? So think about all these helmets that got approved or whatever. How many do you think failed with the bladders? You know? <laughs> so like, you pump it all up, you're all having your first hit, all the air went out of them, and then they broke and they didn't have any extra, so you're playing with a helmet with no air. Oh, yeah, it's all rattling around. <laughs> I swear, I, I swear, half our team had busted bladders in our helmets, and we played the whole yeah. season like that. You know, yeah. nowadays, you know, they, they won't let you play. You know, unless you have a knock safe or whatever, you know, guaranteed <laughs> helmet. You know, they gotta have a million dollar policy just to wear a hat. We were playing with, with ropes, and then we were playing with bladders that would pop first, the first hit you did. <laughs> and you know, you know how the bladder it felt good. And after it broke, your helmet's down here. I saw I, I had like a constant cut on my nose every time I, I would hit because my helmet would crack my nose. <laughs> you weren't hit with your head anyway back but then, no. coach. Come no. on. Hey, that's you were taught to lower the locks like a like Yeah, a that's when you were taught <laughs> to like, use your head. Make no sense. Now that we have the best equipment in the world, like we're playing flag football out there. <laughs> I don't know. The rules have changed so much. Oh, yeah. It's it's just amazing how that. Wow, the thought process was so backwards. Yeah, yeah I've seen those helmets. My, my dad used to have a helmet, a suspension helmet. Yeah. And my older brother would wear it, didn't have a face mask. And he... <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. It was the old 1950s, yeah. the leather, yeah. Yeah. but then they, they put a face mask on it and made it plastic. That's all it was. Right. That was the technology back when I started playing. Yeah. You had wow. that. But we had, yeah, we had one that my dad had, for some reason, I don't know why he had it, and then my older brother would wear it. And then he would have me put on my football pads. And he'd blow you up. And, and he, would, he would be like, all right. And you get the, the, the ones from Sears, you get the Packers, and you get the little plastic shoulder pads. The Halloween. Yeah. The, my brother, he Halloween. Put, the Halloween. With the plastic thing that would move up and down. Yeah, he would, he would wear that. And then he would he would tell me, let's go. He'd throw the football at me, tell me one-on-one. I was like, oh, my God. I said, I have a helmet, shoulder pads, face mask. You don't have anything. Like, I don't care. <laughs> and he would, yeah, he would run at me and just smack me, like, full head, just, just all head, just bam. And that thing, you, yeah, when he said it smacked, yeah, it sounded like it cracked every yeah. single time you would hit me. Yeah, and it's like a ringing. Like, yeah. you know, when I say, oh, your ear's ringing, that's when you knew you got hit hard. Every time you hit, it was ringing. You know, I was answering the phone, hello, hello. <laughs> now, and now, now they have helmets that track the, you know, impact. Impact. Track, you know, and the angle. Send mom, like, send mom and dad a text message. Like, <laughs> 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 oh, Junior just got hit. <laughs> <laughs> he, got, he got air holes blindsided. Yeah, we, better, yeah. we, better, we better head to the field. Yeah. We better stop <laughs> our dinner and, and put our wine away. Yeah. <laughs> I see, man, I, I mean, you look at it now, I mean, it's like I said, I mean, it's like playing flag football now. I mean, you can't touch nobody, you can't hit nobody. I feel bad. I mean, you know, it's coming from a guy who coaches offense, but. Feel feel bad for the guys who play defense. It's like, how are you supposed to tackle? You can't hit them here. You can't do this. You can't do that. You get fined for things. You get targeting, and then you can't play another the game after. It just it makes it so difficult on the defenders. Um, it's crazy. And then like you look at reactions, right? You're talking about parents. You said, you know, the helmet that causes impact and 
record data and all this stuff, and the parents' reactions are so different. I remember I had my first concussion playing against Bell Gardens. Yeah, I know nothing about that. <laughs> you know, I'm playing quarterback, and I hey, take off. Yeah, I was, hey. what, what, what game, what's your name, what you answer, I could let you play. You know, hey, the, the, and you know I don't blame you, Coach. <laughs> I, I said ever since I was a kid and we played, right, it was like you got dinged, right? Like even – even though things were fuzzy or you blacked out, you're like, oh, yeah, you got dinged. You see the stars. Yeah, yeah, the you're just, I just remember after I got hit, I mean, I kind of remember, right? I, I got hit in the back of the head. I ran, took off running. I should have probably slid, right? But I, There's no things back then. <laughs> That's why I, only baseball players slid back then, so I, so I try to, you know, I try to take on two defenders, and I get hit, and somebody hit me in the back of the head, and I just remember the flash, and then that's it. And then I remember playing. I remember things were going very, very slow, which was better for me. The game slowed down? Yeah, yeah, which was better for me at quarterback because then I started completing stuff. But I played to the end of the game, and then, you know, they, they advised me at the end, you know, to, to go get checked. You know, uh, my mom was there, and they advised me to go get checked because I might have a possible concussion. And my, and my mom looks, I think, I think if you remember this, but my mom was like, well, he wanted to play. That's his fault. Like, that's the reaction. Matter that, of fact. You know, like, that's the reaction we get now. You know, you you hear that now, and some parents are like, oh, my God, he's got Ten attorneys lined you up. You know, it, it's, just, it's just amazing how, how things have changed so much. And, you know, just the, the things that, you know, as a coach, you, you kind of hear now and and go through. And when I know when I played, you know, there was, when we played, it was, it was so much different. But. You know, just yeah. got to, I guess, adapt to the times. I'd, I'd like to get the perspective of, uh, uh, like, uh, women, right, that were watching high school football. Uh, you murdered cheerleader, right? So she was out there cheering for you, hooting and hollering while you are getting your head, you know, banged <laughs> in, right? She loved it. Yeah, absolutely. I know, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Right. They all did. But, and now that you have kids, right, and you're like, he's getting ready to play football, and she's like, uh-uh, I'm not. <laughs> I don't think we want them to, I don't know if we want them to play that yet. You yeah. know, like, that's that's <laughs> kind of where we're at. the safest time to play nowadays. Man, when I played, we scrimmaged all day, every day. I mean, uh, I, we, you know, we, if we weren't hitting heads and cracking each other, like, we were pussies, you know? And now it's like, you don't hit, you got one hard practice a day, you know, a week, you know? <laughs> the rest of the time, it's all patty cake till game night. Right. So, if anything, it's safer now than ever. Because yeah. nobody hits. Very nobody true. hits at game night, and you see them all miss tackles, and you wonder why. <laughs> yeah, there's terrible tacklers in the NFL, right? Yeah. You're talking about it's safe for now, but it's not safe because you got guys on the other end that don't know how to tackle you properly, man. <laughs> They're taking you up high, headlocking you. It's falling on the back you. of your ankles. And your you knees. know, Dominic, oh, what's, what's the name? Dominic Sue. He's uh, jiu-jitsu and karate, so he's karate chopping people. <laughs> it's know. legal. Damn it, it's legal. <laughs> you know, they had to... Dominic and Sue, man. Had, how had, do you do? They had to talk to him. They had to have, call him, put him aside and say, hey, man, you can't be using your karate technique. Yes, you can. Either. It's legal. <laughs> There's no That's illegal, why you stomped that guy. Sports-like conduct, illegal karate chop. There's no penalties like that. Come on. Yes, there is. Necessary it's, it's roughness. It's a, a necessary <laughs> roughness, right? He's like, karate chop. Illegal like drop kick. Yeah. What's, what's the penalty yeah. tripping? Yeah. You got to watch that one. Necessary roughness. You ever watch it, Art? Mm -hmm. Man, it's classic. There's some classic movies. 
on safety that you should, <laughs> that you should watch when it comes to... Uh, don't let the parents watch it, though. Jesus yeah. Christ. Did you guys do that video? The safety video for football? There is no safety for football, goddammit. It's football. It's football. You got blown up. No, on that one, I, it, got so, it got so touchy, you know. And then you're, you're responsible for all these kids, you know, being a head coach and having that experience. I don't know. Art probably remembers this, but I, when we would, on the first day of, like, pads, when we would tackle, we would go through a whole tackling. First, clinic. we would clinic and station. I would videotape it so that everyone saw that we taught them how to hit the right way. That we that was for evidence. That, <laughs> yeah, was, that was just for training. That was for that was, <laughs> that, a, was that, an alibi. that was to <laughs> as they would say CYA right cover your assets, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and go through that. So we would we would film it. We would show the exact technique. So we would show the kids on film. Then we would go out. Then we would do it. Then we had the filmer film us coaching it. So that we had it all covered, so just in case anyone... So a bunch of people just rolling around on the grass, right? <laughs> it's like, hey, look, everybody knew their head was supposed to be up. Now, when it came down to impact, I mean, hey, he lowered his head, he so did he. I mean, I yelled at him. You heard me yell at him. <laughs> nice impact! Stop doing it! <laughs> Speaking of impact, so the college coaches expect the high school coaches, right, to coach their guys up, right? When they you send them off to college, they got to be ready to go, right? Mm-hmm. Right? So when I when I went up to school, if I could draw this up, they would put one guy here, one guy there, one guy there. They had these cones over here. You have a cone, cone, cone there, and then you'd have another three guys right there, right? This guy was supposed to meet this guy there. Yeah, like 15 yard head start. Man. Oh, those was kickoff. And then he would go <laughs> right. Those two guys would meet. And then these, this guy would come around the corner, <laughs> like 30 yards of just running, full speed, and they called it Tiger Alley. And everybody dare, did it during the first, you know, hell week or first week of camp. Like, this was like the tell-all here of initiation. initiation. So they were going, they called it, I said, man, this is the worst drill <laughs> ever that I'm going to out of this drill. <laughs> what is it that I said, football? I'm, I'm going to be the shortest cone right here. <laughs> With and, the least amount of impact. Johnny, you're the next cone, and when it's time for us, we're just going to run right past each other. <laughs> we're going to whip. We're going to whip. Whoosh. But I used, we used to see guys broken collarbones, oh, yeah. guys oh, yeah. get knocked out, oh, mouthpieces. Yeah. I mean, I said, I couldn't believe we were doing this. It was called Tiger Alley. So you, you guys are, played ball with me in 01, you remember that. I said, I would never run this drill, ever, as a coach. Yeah, there's a lot of drills that, you know, they, they run now. You know, like Oklahoma drill. But I would just condense it. Yeah, you know absolutely. I, mean? I would condense Keep it. Within seven like, yards. And right, right. Because you three. get that running back ten yards back and a linebacker, and then the, the you know the line's creating a hole, and this boom, these guys are just crushing each other, right? And it goes the collarbone, it goes concussion, starting to tailback is out. I've seen it. Yeah. Ooh man. So yeah. Speaking <laughs> of that safety man, it's like coaches, you gotta be safe. Man. You got I think uh, one of the safest coaches is probably like Pete Carroll. You know, and his techniques and, and they tackle well too. They tackle yeah, very well. And, and the SC tackle it's pretty well. much rugby. Did you guys ever play ball in the ring? Yes, I did. <laughs> Unfortunately, we we're I don't know if you remember <laughs> this at San Gabriel, but we were freshmen and we used to get when we got punished. If we ever got punished, oh, or if we, gun. Gun. Oh, oh, you guys no, the whole team versus you. So yes, so <laughs> or if you disrespected, which was hard for 
which was hard for us because we were very successful freshman team. And we used Gosh, to get picked on. That. Obviously, you know, when you're a freshman, you always, everybody gets picked on. We'd go into the locker room, and, and of course, it was a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of a hazing that would go on where, where, where the upperclassmen would haze the freshmen. Well, as freshmen, we didn't think we should be hazed because we were more successful than our varsity team. And we used to, we used to let them know, and sometimes we'd get in trouble for it. And whenever there was a coach around, the coach would flip out and be like, oh, you're tough. All right, you guys are that good. You're tough. Then you're going to come down and you're going to be part of the machine gun. And they would line up the entire varsity team just like that, and they would unload on the one kid. Yep. So what would happen? They would just run right at him? Run at him. Boom, you take the hit. You got to get the next guy. You fell down. They waited for you to get up. And then, boom, you kept going. It was Are you rapid kidding? fire. It was boom. He's going. You better shed him <laughs> off, shed block, whatever. Do you whatever. hit him, or do you just try to just Yeah, just hit him, and just like, the next guy's coming, so. Yeah, next guy, next guy, the next guy, the next guy. <laughs> and the whistle, he'd blow, whistle and go? No, he would just go on his own. Also, right. oh, even if you were stunned? You were yeah, you were getting yeah. cleaned up. Yeah. And then the last That's guy. That's the stupidest drill I ever saw. <laughs> and then the last guy would wait. And then all that space in between, he'd still be back here. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't go with the no. line. <laughs> and, and it was always, and it was oh. always the, the, the meanest dude. It was usually Donut. <laughs> it, was, it was, yeah, it was your mean, the meanest guy, the dirtiest player would be the last the guy. Last guy. He come at 100 miles an hour? And just, downhill? And then you wonder why, you wonder why we were the way we were when you walked in. <laughs> Yeah, you guys hated each other. You guys don't want to kiss each other. You guys would laugh when you knock someone on their ass. Yeah. Wow. So that drills the machine gun. Bull in the wow. ring. Bull in the ring. We did that one. Bull in the ring. Bull in yeah. the ring was nothing compared to that. <laughs> Which is illegal, by the way. <laughs> that should be illegal for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I always love bull in the ring when the coaches start numbering you. And you don't even remember what number you were? So he'd call a number out. I would just go and hit the guy. <laughs> Two guys come out. You're like, 22, bam! 15, bam! Or run out. What number are you? I don't know. <laughs> I just want to hit somebody. Like, what? What are the coaches thinking? Like, how? How? How is that football? How, how is that football? That's my what question. Football? Hey, they do have that trick play where they come out in the line and they yeah, go yeah, yeah. line up. That's... That's what that is, but it isn't you going to jump off sides and what blow the other well, guy up. What is swinging game? What is the swinging game? <laughs> what, what? Wiggly, wiggly. What about, No, Daffy Duck. Daffy Duck. What about our, uh, what about our first couple years, uh, you know, playing a junior All-American? Yeah, we did all that stuff. Where we would, uh, break the record every day. Oh, yeah. We just add minutes to up-downs. Yeah. Like, we would start practice. I don't even think we stretched. But we would just start practice in our stretching lines. And he'd be like, all right, we're going to break the record today, fellas. And he'd be like, How no. long would that take? That oh, was easy. Well, the record it was, was easy. It, start, it, started <laughs> at, it started like with five minutes, right? Five minutes of up-downs, straight up-downs. Then it started. Then we were getting tougher every time we stepped up is what we were told, right? Yeah. You know, you're a kid. You don't, you don't have a choice. So it's like, all right, I'm tough then. So then the next week it was like 10 minutes. And the next week it was 15. I remember one practice we did like 30 minutes of up-downs. Think about how many plays you could run and drills you could do in 30 minutes. Yeah, I know. Instead we didn't have very many plays, though. We, oh, okay. Then you got them in. We had 32 blasts, 33 blasts. <laughs> 33 blast. 38, 39 sweep. Toss right, toss left. No system. It was just, just like, hey, just you're going to line up here. Tough. 
You're going to line up here, and then we're going to go that way, all right? All right, all right. Sounds good. Let's go. <laughs> go. Right, on, Can you remember, like, the guys, what they look like doing up-downs? You know, his <laughs> legs don't even get up anymore. We just lay there, and then yeah. there's the turn. And then the whistle go again, just fall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they never got off their belly. <laughs> Once they hit, it was the line, done. It was done. The I mean, we had kids. We had kids that just peed and peed themselves because they couldn't go to the restroom. Because yes. if we stopped the clock, we had to start over. Yes. So people just didn't say anything. or just pee themselves in line, doing up downs, and just by the time we were the done, it dried off. So tough. <laughs> Well, you know, hey, you know, it's part of the you talk about upbringing, right? It's That's part of it. our upbringing. Yeah, part of the upbringing, think about. Yeah. I know, and all these guys get mad at us when we, we yell or get tough. Just shit, we got the shit kicked out of us, man. We were Burma Row, Bull in the Ring, freaking, uh, the, yeah. what was the other one we had? Goal Line Crunch. The, the, you know, <laughs> back then, the, the Happy Days was big. And they had these two guys called the Malachi Brothers, and they did the Malachi Crunch, where they were, they, were in a, they were in a car derby, right? And then they would both say, all right, Malachi Crunch, and the other brothers like Malachi Crunch, and then they would pick one car, and then they would crunch it, you know, with their big car. And so um, our coaches loved that, and so, like, they had this one drill where they put two guys here, one guy there, and they go, oh, Malachi Crunch, and they'd blow it when they thought someone was a pussy or something. <laughs> Malachi Crunch, right? We're like, ah, oh, shit, Arona. <laughs> and I forgot what that... Pinky Tuscadero. So they say, Arona, you're Pinky. So that was what the Malachi brothers were trying to kill Pinky, and Fonz went in there and saved her or whatever, right? And got his car blown up, and she won the thing. But so, so like, whoever was Pinky was the one that got crunched. So they were like, Arona, you're Pinky. So, ah, oh, fuck, I'm Pinky. So he's like, I'm the kid of Malachi brothers. Wham, the Malachi crunch. <laughs> yeah, so talk about, you know, TV and... <laughs> Influence of TV. <laughs> 70s, man. Man, that was tough. That was that's tough times. Tough times growing up. Yeah, all the shit's illegal now. You do that, you get sued. They take your house, your car, your wife, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> take your kids, <laughs> sell them to Mexico, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Trump living in cages. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not talking about politics. <laughs> We're going to stay away from stay that. Stay right? but that, that guy, man. <laughs> yeah. He's like, don't be taking care of It's like, you just... <laughs> You just said, like, confirm, yes, that that's happening. You just confirmed that that was happening. You know, for a long time saying, no, it wasn't happening. Now you confirm. It's unreal. You guys bizarre. But, um, but yeah, the, the upbringing for us, you know, I think uh, when I was growing up, you know, having, I guess, you know, to me it was always like that. They were just, they were rough, tough coaches uh, or guys. They were just tough guys. Like, that was their personality. And that, and that came out in the sport and that, you know, taught us. It wasn't like, uh, hey, you have to be manly men. They were just like, hey, this is work. the way we grew up. You know, we're kind of rugged. And so, you know, that, that, they passed that on to us. You know, they always call it with the lunchbox. The lunchbox guys, right? The, my, my, the first football yeah. team I played on was in sixth grade. And it was flagged for the, the elementary school, right? And we had this one coach. The, the fifth and sixth grader went undefeated the year before. And I, I signed up too late and I didn't get to go because they already had enough guys. So then my sixth grade year, my first year actually playing organized football. And it was flag. And our coach, when you made a mistake, he'd tell you to bend over. <laughs> you bend over, he'd turn up behind you and kick you in the ass. <laughs> Whack! Right? 
<laughs> so it's like uh, we'd be at school making fun of each other. If someone messed up in class, you know, two plus two, seven, bend over. All the football kids say, bend over like you're a dumb shit. You're going to get your ass kicked. That was like my first <laughs> introduction to football, right? And so, like, he would love, he would, you know, he's an ex high school player or whatever. So he would love when you would hit and flag, you know, you weren't supposed to hit. So, like, he would, like, give you, like, uh, Credits for bend overs if you blew someone up. So I learned to blow up guys that I was going to tackle with the flag, even in games, and he would love it. So we'd watch. He, he, we had the old eight millimeter film, and he, his dad would film us, and we'd go watch the film. And we get a blow up. He said, "That's you got saved two kicks, you know." So like, <laughs> so like you were getting you know credits, you know. <laughs> I learned all about you know <laughs> credits and banking. Right. <laughs> That's the lesson <laughs> Finance. <laughs> Finance lessons. Also, if I do two things good, I, I, I get two back. <laughs> now, going back, I mean, obviously, tell you, you know, Zeke was talking about, uh, you know, having that tough, you know, that tough mm -hmm. coaching or those tough guys. Uh, like you said, I don't think any of them ever did things, you know, maliciously. They just, you know, that's, that's their era, how they came up, and they had to, you know, display that to us. And I think, obviously, I didn't start. I was like you, a lot like you, coach. I didn't start playing till later on. I think Zeke, we, we were very similar. We didn't start playing till I think what was the sixth grade. We played tackle. Yeah. Uh, we played grade, rebels. Fifth grade. Fifth or sixth. Yeah, somewhere Ten around those old. lines. So you know, we were a little bit late to the party. There was kids that had been playing since you know they were little, and they already knew the whole thing about tackling and the whole pads and everything. So we, I know when we got there, I think that was common kind of one of those common bonds we shared that ended up making us really close. Like, we both didn't know what the heck we were getting into, you know. You know, and, and it was one of those deals that, <laughs> that was one of those deals, you know, that first year uh, playing and, and doing those things, you know. And I came, you know, and I know I, we, I've, I think I shared with you a couple of times, Coach, but, like, I was two different people, you know, when I was, when I was a lot younger. I mean, a lot of people don't know this about me, but I was a really, you know, I was, I was a troublemaker. I got in a lot of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> like, and obviously, obviously, uh, one of the reasons I, I didn't sign. Like, I wasn't one of those kids that was like, "Yeah, put me in football." I was I didn't know anything about. I mean, I, I play the sports in the streets, right, with all the gangsters and stuff like that on my block, but never, you know, organized. never, yeah, nothing organized. It wasn't like a passion. Like, hey, yeah, I want to play this year. It was like one of those things. I was somebody told them to do for me to keep me out of trouble and uh and it was a it was a family friend who was one of our coaches um and he i don't remember pocho it was a guy i don't even know his real name <laughs> he, he was uh up, Rosen, you get name. Everybody <laughs> so he was up. he was he was really close to our family so he had told them like hey you should stick him in football like put him on our team he's the age i coach Put him on our team. We'll straighten, it, you know, straighten his ass up. And so it was one of those where it was like, oh, I kind of got forced to play. So I was out there, and I mean, I was always I like sports, so it didn't bother me, and I was never scared of hard work. So, so all right, I'll do this, whatever. We're going through, and and one of the things that I I you know going through and and teasing now and talking about like we did those up downs and stuff like that. A lot of that stuff, as pointless as that was for. For me now as a coach and knowing and, and this being my profession, um, 
that was something that I needed at the time. I needed like discipline. discipline. I didn't have a, you know, I come from a single father household. You know, I didn't have anybody, any any male, positive male role models to to go off. I sh- I never even got yelled at by a, by a man until I started playing sports. So that 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 year was like one of those like whoa. Like, how do I take this? Like, this dude just yelling at me for no reason. I'm doing what you said. Like, I'm running up. Like, like, I'm doing up like, I remember thinking in my head, you know, it's crazy as it sounds, but in my head, the way I grew up, I grew up around nothing but violence. So when he would yell at me, I was thinking in my head, like, dude, you're lucky you don't come to my block. Like, you <laughs> I know, got a like, machete with your name you're on like, it. Like, you know, like, that's how I grew up, so... Uh, it was a, it was one of those things that, as pointless as it is as a coach and and, and and for football, it did something. It did a lot for me as a as a youngster to to learn about discipline, to learn about like just being being scolded pretty much, or or having to take direction or order from from somebody other than my mom, you know, or or my grandma, you know, and, and or my gangster cousins who had me doing stuff that you know I wasn't supposed to, yeah, and not me, you know. So when when as I go through those things, I look back on those things and 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 I'm like, man, you know, they did. They made me. They made me one. They made me a little bit more disciplined. Uh, two, it gave me perspective on like males and and like people who care about you, even though it don't seem like they do. Like people caring about you and doing well uh, to see you do better. And then you know the the part was I, I became really mentally tough, you know, and, and I didn't know that was going on, but it it made me more mentally tough. So. Um, you know, getting yelled at, at at work or whatever it was, like, that never really bothered me. I was like, dude, I play Rebels, man. <laughs> I thought my he name called, was... He called me everything. Yeah, yeah, I thought my name was Pussy because how many times has he called me that? Yeah. You know, like, so it's one of those things that, like, I don't get, like, when people get sensitive about, like, things and that's probably where... Yeah, uh, you got desensitized. Yeah, like, real quick, like, like just, like, bounces off. It's like, oh, I don't care. Let's go. Go on to the next thing. But um, it's, it's probably something that I really needed at the time and, uh, and I, I did, like, now I see, even though it's pointless in, in, from the football part, I see where it was it was very beneficial for, I know, myself. I don't know if, if you have kind of the same type of deal. But. <laughs> no, he didn't take Yellenberg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He wanted to no, fight I, you. I, I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My mom yelled at us all the time, yeah. so I knew how to get yelled at. I had an older brother, too, so he was always getting on me. My mom, uh, my mom was like she disciplined us so you know when when someone got on me it was, i'm always quick to like you know yes sir no sir if someone gets on me because I'll, I'll be able to be loose and hang out and screw around but like if someone wants like my mom points it out like hey stop that it was pretty quick you know because you knew what was that, coming yeah, next anyway, they might get smacked by my mom you know with a belt or uh, uh, chancla. the chancla or the curling iron uh, <laughs> extension cord yeah yeah, so mom, you know, mom was, she's always, she always disciplined us, uh, but I think that came from my dad, because uh, uh, he was, uh, he went to the military, so my dad was pretty disciplined, and a football coach, so he loved football, so I think, you know, like, my mom saw that, and she would kind of be that, you know, she'd be that father, because I didn't, my dad passed away in 82, so I didn't really know him, but I knew, you know, that, like, what he did, you know, like I said, military, football, and all that, so... She became the father of the family, and like she did try to discipline my older brother and sister, but they they were to a point where they were they were already uh, they were old enough to say no and sneak out and stuff like that. So um, I saw that, you know what I mean? Like I saw that discipline part of like my mom 
and I always that's I, I learned you know through observation a ton right people watchers and stuff like that so um, but when I, yeah when we, when we played football together you know and they were disciplined they blew a whistle man I perk up you know like what's next how can I how can I serve you? <laughs> you <know? laughs> Am I supposed to be getting something? Did I, did I not clean something well enough? Right, yeah. Stop pulling the weeds. Yeah, I, was, I was lucky that I had a dad. You know what I mean? I grew up with both my parents. Um, and then there's something that, that I'd like to share about my pops. Um, I wanted to play tackle because I played flag in sixth and I played flag in seventh. And I wanted to play tackle. And I was getting penalties in flag for tackling people. <laughs> I was tackling people without pads, right? And, and you know, uh, you went too low, or you hit him too hard, or you didn't really try to get his flag, right? And so, you know, I told my dad I wanted to play tackle football, right? So, Norwalk has that Norwalk Santa Fe Springs Pop Warner, um, and there was the Norwalk Lancers, like Norwalk High School, they all went to Norwalk High School. And so my dad went to go sign, sign me up. And so I was in the, I guess it's 14 under, because I was in uh, eighth grade. Um, and so I went to sign up for the 14 under team, and they told them when we went to sign up that, oh, they're already full. Their team's full. And they'll put us on a waiting list. And then, you know, if they get enough players for that waiting list, then I can play. Right? And my dad's like, well, we don't even try out or whatever. No, no, we already got our team. Right? So, you know, they were like that. So my dad worked in Long Beach. Right? We lived in Norwalk. And in Long Beach, uh, my dad ran a store. And one of the drivers was a bread driver. And his kid played in the North Long Beach um, Panthers. And they needed kids. They only had like 12 kids and they needed players or else they were going to cancel the season. So my dad was talking to this guy and, he, and my, he, you know, my dad said, yeah, I tried to sign my, my kid up. He wants to play tackle, but um, Norwalk said, you know, oh, we're full. We don't need you, right? And, you know, not even seeing who, you know, who I was, what I could do, right? So this guy tells him, well, come, come to North Long Beach. We'll take anybody we can get, right? So my dad said, okay. So here's what my dad did for me to play tackle football. He'd leave to work like at 5 in the morning, get there at 6, work till about 3 or 4, right? Drive home, right? And in North Long Beach, he worked in the store in Long Beach, like right down the street from where we practice, right? Jordan High School, right off of Cherry yeah. and the 710. That's where our, our home field was, and there's a, a park right behind it. That's where we practice, right? So he'd go to work, drive home, pick me up, right? And then take me to practice at 5 o'clock, right? And then we practice. He'd be the whole time we were practicing. He couldn't leave, right? And then drive me home. And he didn't... He was a baseball guy. My dad, actually, my dad came to the United States as a boxer, as an athlete. So he boxed, um, and that's how he came to the U.S. legally. Mm. And so he knew boxing. He could fight like a son of a gun, right? And he knew baseball. He was a really good baseball player. But he didn't know football that much, and he would watch it, and he was starting to learn it, right? But he didn't know it that much, so he didn't coach me, you know, in football. So we would drive all the way to Long Beach um, for, for football, and he'd do that, you know, yeah. Three days a week, four days a week that we practice, right? And then Saturdays the games, we go out there. And that's what he did for me to play football. Cool. Yeah. I'm a sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you know, <clears throat> like, like if you weren't ready to go, and my, you know, my, I, you know, you, you know, think about it right now. You get up, go to work, you work all day, right? And you come home, and then like sometimes he would eat dinner, sometimes he'd take a burrito on the road, you know, while he was taking us, because he was there during dinner, for practice, right? And I'm thinking about it, sometimes you'd be in bad mood, sometimes you'd be pissed off because you weren't ready to go, sometimes you'd forget your cleats and you have to practice with tennis shoes, and you'd scream at your ass, you know, when he was on the field, he had to go apologize to the coach because the idiot son forgot his cleats, right? So, you know, I didn't think about all that shit, you know, as a kid, right? And to think about what a parent or somebody does when they do stuff like that, everything that they're going through just to get you to go play your sport, and someone, you know, these kids nowadays, <laughs> you know? And so, like, I didn't appreciate it until I started coaching, 
And I started doing stuff for kids that I knew that didn't have parents or money or whatever, and I would buy them cleats and gloves or whatever, right? Or, you know, how much is the physical? 25 bucks? All right, here, give this to your mom. Go get a physical, right? Um, so stuff like that that I did because I knew, you know, and, and I realized after what my dad, the sacrifice that he did to do that. I mean, that's, I mean, think about it. He was, he was gone all day. And, and part of it was because I was practicing, you know? Yeah. It, was, it was fun, that's though. Awesome. I, was, I was fun playing football. Yeah. <laughs> Tackle, finally, get pads on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my mom made the sacrifice. She'd go to work from 8 to 5 at Mervyn's, and then get off work, and then come around, pick me up, and, uh, yeah, and then pick me up at 8 o'clock when practice was over. I think it was. I'm not sure. We start at 6. 6 to 8. 8. 6 to 8. Yeah, 6 to 8, right? 6 to 8. That's tough for a single mom. Yeah, we, yeah, my mom, well, when I first started, obviously, they it was recommended I play, so I started doing that. So, when as... The new, the first couple of weeks, I got dropped off. So I would, they would organize a ride for me to get dropped off. Um, once we got pads and stuff like that, and as I got older, my, they wouldn't, my mom was always, you know, working two or three jobs to make sure we were okay. So we didn't always have her. My grandma wasn't, she never drove. She wasn't uh, in that. So there was times where I would literally, I don't know if you ever noticed, I would be like drenched before I even got to practice because I would just put everything on and just run from where I lived to Rebel Field. I would run there, I would jog there, and as I would complain, though, like, getting starting to jog, I started telling myself, this is extra work. Like, you'll be you'll be in better shape getting there and, and doing those things. So I think that's where I, little things like that is where I think I developed, where I, where I never was scared to do extra stuff or I wanted to do more because I didn't feel like I was doing enough. Um, I think I developed that stuff by accident, to be honest with you. <laughs> Uh, and the watching, mother of inventions. Yeah, or watching my mom, you know, like, uh, you know, work extra jobs to to make to make sure that we can uh, have cleats or or things like that. Like I, so I know she she had picked up a job at uh at the Coliseum, you know, when they had the events and, and games and stuff like that. And we were asking, I was gonna, I'm gonna get another job. Like we already don't see you, and she'd be like, well, so you guys are okay. And never understood what that meant yeah. until, as obviously, as I got older. Cleats cost money. Yeah, everything, everything, the little <laughs> the, things. The physical that, yeah, cost yeah. money. So, <laughs> I've always piece. been, always been very, very grateful uh, for those little things. And uh, she, if it meant getting another job, uh, my mom never really let us go without. Um, obviously, she, we had limits. You know, she'd tell us, "Hey, we can't do that," like the Letterman jackets and stuff like that. You know, like, yeah. "Hey, you know." Well, I didn't even ask, even though we're getting all these awards and these cool patches. I never even asked my mom. Like, that, to me, that was like something I don't even want to put her because I knew what, 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 and and I knew she would try to go, you know, do something for us. But I was like, you know what, I'm good. I don't need a jacket that solidified my career, you know. So like that kind of was one of those things I never really asked her for. Made sure my brother got one though, you know. I made sure I was I was working obviously and. I made sure, like, he got one. I made sure um, it was another kid, Isaac Valdez, who I coached, uh, coach, coach as well, um, who was amazing quarterback, three-year starter for us at San Gabriel. And, you know, he, he, I know his family was in a situation where he couldn't afford it. So I made, I actually bought both their jackets for them just to make sure they had, you know, they had it because I remember what that felt like. So um, little things like that, I think, you know, and, and um when I when I share those stories, I always tell like you know I share one my kids because you know now they they see a whole different side of life, and I try to explain to them that you know not everybody's this fortunate you know and, and there's people who are more fortunate than you, 
But um, you guys don't have to worry about the stuff that other people worry about. So the least you can do is is make sure that you understand and be appreciative of things like that. Um, say please and thank you. Uh, look somebody in the eye. I think I, the first day I made my son come back and look you in the eye to shake you, shake your hand. I, I, little things like that are go way further than anything else you can get materialistic wise. So I think obviously you know Art knows those were some of the biggest things that we talked about in our program when we talked when we coached them, but. Those are all things that I, I think that you learn. You learn as you get older, and you want to make sure that everybody has those skills and, and things going through. Hey, do you remember some of that stuff, like look people in the eye and yeah. how, how to shake hands? Well, I, I grew up with it just because of playing football. And like I said, mm -hmm. being coached by Coach O, by Coach Leva, and my That's, okay. That's fine. We're both coaches. <laughs> but, yeah, like for me, I learned that really young just because, for me, just growing up in Rosemead, but I moved a lot when I was younger, so that was one thing that was really different. Being in Montebello, East LA, me back in Rose, me back and forth, and but going to school all in Rose, me during throughout the whole time. So I learned that with coaching, but I didn't really play sports until I played for Rebels for the first time. I played in Montebello, playing offensive lineman the whole time. <laughs> my dad and my mom were like to get out of here, moved to Rose, me Rebels. Then I found out I got coached by my whole family, which is a whole different dynamics. <laughs> and, uh, dad, ADs, God, that's how I, uh, like godparents, just like that. But yeah, just like with playing with football and going to uh, Rice Elementary School, Temple, having those type of coaches, learning just uh, shake hands. But for me, I didn't really get to talk until I, my freshman year of high school, actually. So I went to go to Dakota Wesleyan where my uncle was teaching me how to shake hands and stuff, which is like for me and stuff. I always grew up with sweaty palm hands, so for me, yeah, I'm like, I'm not going to shake no hands. I'm like, yes, sir, no, sir. It's like more vocal in that type of way. But yeah, but without playing the youth sports, for me, I would have learned any of that stuff. You guys remember um, making you guys wear ties? Yes. Yep. <laughs> with the little ass jersey. <laughs> that went there. But They're baggy. The, the white ones, the white ones were... The, we had the, the new blue ones, but we didn't get the white ones, right? So they had the little hoochie right. top, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you, yeah, when you, so we wore a tie and then shirt underneath, and then it was like a crop top. <laughs> but yeah, that, you know, that stuff like that, like, went a long way, because, you know. When, yeah, none of you guys ever wore, you yeah. know how to put a tie on, you know? So I had a clip on. I think I wore, yeah, wore the. I had a clip, I, I clip on. No, I know how to tie a tie. Make sure, yeah. like. After obviously high school, you know, I didn't still didn't have really anybody to to teach you those things. You know, my for I I, I do you know I didn't, I grew up without a dad, but like my my stepdad came into the picture a little bit later, um, but he's he's you know straight straight from Mexico, straight from the ranch. Um, he's he's one of those dudes I I still look up to like hardworking guy doesn't ever say anything, never says no, he just puts his head down and grinds. But I, you know those things I never really learned those things so. I know when you had told us we had to wear a tie, I'm like, oh, my God. One, where am I going to get a tie? <laughs> two. I, had a, I did a lot of stuff that was foreign to these guys. Like, two, when I do get this tie, what am I going to do with it? Like, <laughs> I don't know how to tie it. My mom don't know how to tie it. So my mom, being the <laughs> problem solver she is, she said, hey, I got you a tie, and we don't have to ever worry about you worrying because it's a clip-on. So I was like, let's go. All right. Problem solved. So I went through my whole high school career like that. And only until I got to college, I realized when they told me, like, the first time I had a press conference and they said you have to wear a tie and, like, do all this stuff, I looked at the coach and said, Coach, I don't want to sound like, you know, like, hey, I, I don't even know how to do a tie. And he's like, what? You got to be kidding me. This is uh, Alan Friesen. 
It's like, you gotta be kidding me, he said, call me Section 8. <laughs> you, gotta be, you gotta be kidding me, Section 8. <laughs> you gotta set the, the imagery for Alan Friesen, though. He's a big, big, bald-headed coach with a big chew dip in all the time. So when he talks to you, it's like chew, yeah. dip all over, spit all over you. Don't hey, wear a white shirt, uh, right? Hey, and I think, I believe from what I remember, he was he's from Colorado, originally from Colorado. But he's not your typical Colorado guy. He grew up in the he grew up in the inner city of Colorado, so he knew how to talk to us, like all those inner city kids. So that's why he's the calling section eight. And uh, you gotta be kidding me, man! Come here, let me show you. I'm gonna show you this one time and one time only. So he taught me how to do a tie, and I was like, all right. So I kept practicing in his office. I eventually got good enough to do my own, and uh, believe it or not, like that's something that ever since I I'm like every mansion I know how to do a tie. It's, it's unacceptable not to know. I mean, I understand the circumstances, you know. But yeah, you don't need it, or you've never been. Yeah, but you, you need. Eventually, you're gonna need one. So uh, when I when I uh, got hired at Buena Park, as a um, we call it Frost Academy, which is an early intervention teacher, you know, I was told to run the program. And one of the, one of the one of the first things I could think of was teaching. Obviously, you have boys and girls in there, but teaching. I taught the girls and the boys how to do a tie. You know, it was one of, and they got graded on it. That was one thing they had to do. And then I taught the, I taught, you know, both boys and girls about interview attire. And that's some, some of the things that they like, hey, coach, we ain't gonna, we don't have any books in this class. It's like, trust me, the things that you guys need to learn don't oh, come in books, books. <laughs> and, and things like that. And it's, it's crazy now to see some of them, uh, you know, not, uh, after doing it a couple of years and, and seeing some of them, you know, go from at risk kids to, college grads or going into college and then seeing some of them come they would come their senior year hey coach can can you uh go over me i got this application you know i want to i'm gonna about to apply for this job can you go can you make sure i did this right um after the application come in like two weeks later hey coach i got an interview you think you can, we can prep on interview stuff so we'd sit there during my break or after school if i didn't have practice you know and and we would do these things and, and you see the kids succeed and i was like man i wish i wish these were the things that were taught you know, when we were younger, I, and there was there was a few classes that did that. Um, so I wanted to make my class that way, and and, and that's what I did. I, I mean, I I haven't I didn't teach it for two years, and this year is the first year I taught it. Obviously, it's tough though, cause it's distance learning. Um, so now that we went back three weeks ago, um, the kids actually get to see you in person. Um, the first thing we did was said, all right, you guys going to learn how to do ties. They're like, what? Social distance ties, okay? <laughs> you guys all stay at your splat guard station, and here's this tie. Still got a bunch of ties, like old ties that I that I use and do those things. I'm disinfected, though, okay? Oh, okay. So I'm following protocol. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think those are those are those little things that um, that you learn, and, and when people bless you with those, uh, well, as what I call them, life gems, I think you, you're always appreciative of those things, and and you like implementing those rules, time was kind of like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Then what killed me was like, I think other sports saw that, you know, we were doing it. So then the next season is basketball, and all of a sudden the basketball coach wants to do it. <laughs> yeah. now, I'm like, now I'm like, all right, clip on, here we go. <laughs> Dust it off, you're let's back, go. You're back in business. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> but it was cool because people knew, like, I mean, if you didn't wear the jersey, even if you didn't wear the jersey, you know what I mean, the tie, like, kind of, Kind of said something special about you, I think. It's yeah. not changing the culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we, uh, my experience with ties and interviews and jobs, and I always tell the kids, if you need me for a reference, 
Call me. Put me down as a reference, man. I will pump you up and you will get the job. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's nothing on me. You know, it's not going to affect me if you go and do a shitty job as an employee. It's on you. It's on you. you know, that's, they're not going to call me back and say, hey, man, you sent me a... Somebody's not working hard enough. They're not going to do that. <laughs> right? So... True. Yeah, absolutely. So if you need a reference, give me a call. I will vouch for you. I can't call him. Yeah. <laughs> give me a call. So, well, hey, uh, man, I think that's, uh, that's some, some good insight to our upbringing. And again, uh, this is the regular guys, and we're still getting our, um, you know, our intro out. Who are who we are as regular guys and. And uh, you know, the program is gonna, gonna change. Hopefully, we can keep our producer here. You know, uh, I missed the first part of the, the video. Yeah, <laughs> that's all me. <laughs> that's all me. But we got the audio, it's so don't worry, don't worry, worry. It's a uh, podcast. Sorry, sorry. The, 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 the PowerPoint. The video is secondary. Pictures. Yeah. Pick the graphs and be like, stick it. <laughs> well, this is what we saw in the courtroom for the first part. <laughs> so. Yeah, man, it was good uh, covering what we covered today. You know, we just had some small talk on sports and food and and then uh, just covering our upbringing. So uh, tune in again to the podcast. This is episode two. Uh, I'm going to work on having some segments and kind of breaking up this video, man, so we can get it out, smaller segments so you can actually listen to the whole thing. Because I know uh, we had some people uh, listen to actually the whole two hours That's of the podcast. The first one was two Damn. hours. So, like a, so feature film is two hours. <laughs> two hours. So I'm going to try and break it up in 20, 30-minute segments, you know, and uh, so we can get that, that get the podcast out there. And then uh, we appreciate any other feedback, you know. I know that there's a lot of people listening and watching. You know, I think we're up to, like, let's say about 50 people, right? Well, it's 50 more people, 50 more people than we had when we started. So uh, that's a start, and I pre- we appreciate all the feedback, all the you know, the text messages or, hey, that, you know, just the insight of what you saw in your perspective. Because, again, we're the regular guys just hanging out, talking about regular things um, and getting our perspective on it. Well, if if people are are, um, offering suggestions, you know, ask questions like, what do you want to hear or or what do you want to talk about or what do you want us to talk about? Because, I mean, I'm sure, you know, everybody out there, you have more followers than anybody that I've ever met. (laughs) <laughs> that I know personally, but I mean, <laughs> but I mean, you know, like, like ask the questions, like, you know, how did you learn to do this, or, or, you know, how did, how did that come about, or I heard about this, or that story, you know, and we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, all right, man. Other than that, Art, give us the outro. There's no. Outro. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop recording. Just stop. <laughs>